You can find many of the tracks we play in our sponsor's online shop, www.thebagpipeshop.co.uk, along with instruments, reeds, music, Highland wear, accessories, gifts, and all sorts of other bagpipe-related products. You're listening to Planet Pipe with Lauren McDougall, presenting you the best music from the international piping scene. Sit back, fasten your cosmic seatbelt, and take the tartan rocket to Planet Pipe. Welcome to Planet Pipe. I'm Laura McDougall and this week we are joined by Scott Wood who will also be chatting to us about his recently released new album Upsurge. There's also a brand new track from the new studio album from Braybuch and a stunning track from Jarlath Henderson's debut solo album. But first, let's hear from our guest Scott Wood and his band with this sweet composition from fiddler Mike Vass. It's called Looking Through Portney Haven. Thank you. 
the Scott Wood Band, and Scott will be joining me a little later on in the show. Now let's turn to a brand new release from Braybrook. It's hard to believe that this band has been on the go for over 10 years now, starting back in 2005. Over the last few years, they have won and been nominated for many prestigious awards, including two nominations at the BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards. This, their fifth album, has a difference. Entitled A Star, which means journey, it's inspired by the people and places they have encountered during their time travelling and playing music with friends from all over the world calibrating with them to make thrilling and unique musical partnerships. And here's one of my favourites, now featuring the sounds of Yermal Meraki. This is Brebuch with Muriwai.
Brewer there featuring uh, the double pipes of James McKenzie and Callum McCrimmon which brings us neatly into introducing this week's guest who is Scott Wood and we'll be speaking to him about his relationship with Callum a wee bit later on but first of all Scott thanks very much for joining me. Thank you Lauren how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, so you've had a, a busy what maybe three or four years there uh, since you you came out of the the RCS courses. Let's go back to the very beginning. Um, your actual piping background. Who did you get taught by originally? You're from Erskine, is that correct? Yep, from Erskine, and I got taught from uh, a great man, first of all, called John Duncan through the Boys Brigade mm-hmm. organisation originally. Um, I seen one of my friends playing the pipes, and I thought it was pretty cool, and thought I really wanted to to, to to try to try it out. So I did that. Played the Hovis Bread Train, and then. Uh, Moved on to Keith Bowes at Johnston Pipe Band and kind of spent my youth there. Great, and you you know, I think when I met you, you were playing uh, with the Strathclyde Police Pipe Band. Was, that wouldn't have been your first pipe band, no? The Johnston Pipe Band was my first pipe band, and then I was getting lessons with Gordon McCready, and he introduced me to the Strathclyde Police Pipe Band, um, and about fifth year of high school, I joined them and stayed with them for, I think, three seasons under Don Bradford and Duncan Nicholson, and had an absolute blast. Great yeah, pipe. that's two two great pipe majors that you you can obviously learn a lot of as as well. Um, so you went to the RCS, which I, th- I I'm thinking would still be the RSMD about that time. Is that right? It was the first year of the RCS when first I joined. Year of the RCS. Yeah, the very first year. Um, yeah, I had a great time there. Stayed there for three years. Yeah, and what what who was your tutors? Tutors there um, primarily it was Finlay McDonald. Uh, Stuart Sampson and Alan McDonald they were my kind of three primary teachers throughout it all but I dabbled with lessons with uh, Chris Armstrong um, and a few other people as well mm-hmm. So that's a, a, a great kind of cross section of everything you would get out of the first three guys that you mentioned It's great, yeah uh, your, your kind of route just now is very much down the, the lines of the folk band sort of thing It's a um, the band you've got, the Scottwood band is very much a what I would call a, a pipe centric folk group. You know, you, you obviously you play a lot of whistle in it as well, but um, it's the main the main instrument that you would associate with your yeah. band is is the pipes. Tell me a bit about any sort of limitations you find in that because it's it's a it's a tough instrument to. I've been to a, a couple of your gigs and they're oh, they're br- brilliant. They're really exciting. You you keep the audience entertained and interested for you know an hour an hour and a half. Do you find that's difficult to do? Do you have to think a lot about the the repertoire and the set list? And actually, actually, even the, the the accompanying instrumentation as well. It's very hard. Yeah, the the main thing for me that is the limit of the pipes is the key. We have a kind of running joke in the band that everything we play seems to be in like A mix or B flat mix. <laughs> yeah. um, we always have a laugh at that. It, it seems to be that's the only things that that come out any good as well. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I've been trying to write things in different keys that are unusual to the pipes. Talking in a piper's mind, key key of G, for example, um, a, a few things like that. Uh, so that's a limitation in keys. Um, other things would be dynamic, probably as well. Yeah. But that's where you have to use the other musicians around you. I feel to 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 let them provide the dynamic that you're trying to do with your pipe playing. And then the only thing you can maybe do 
piping wise is, is the t- in terms of ornamentation yeah so the the fiddle that's a, a fiddle and pipes are, are a tried and tested combination what, what sort of things do you think about when you're when you're working together with the fiddle because the 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 there's a a whole lot of things you can do as you said dynamics and harmonies and things like that with the fiddle and really the fiddle for a lot of bands with pipes is something that that does help the pipes out um what sort of stuff do you think about when you're you're working together with Mary when she's you're putting the, the melody lines together well we've been working on that for years really trying to get tight as anything um for years that was that that is something that really attracted to me to folk music was bands like Dive, mm-hmm. um, Finlay McDonald band, where they had this pipes fiddle relationship. Yeah. It's a really kind of unique partnership of instruments that uh, you, you don't find a lot. You know, it's just two instruments that really suit each other. Yeah. Um, so, well, we've worked quite hard. I would say primarily on tuning um, things on the pipe, like the the high G's are slightly flatter when you're trying to tune them with the drones and mm-hmm. the C sharp as well. Um, and the F sharp to an extent. So we've over the years met in the middle. So Mary's, she's absolutely amazing. She's got her own way of of playing the fiddle, where she like kind of half tunes the note to match me, and then I, I bring up the tape on the note as well to to kind of meet her. So, so we, it's we, we a meet compromise. Yeah, I, I, I kind of compromise. But uh-huh. then that that sound obviously it's a wee bit out of tune with the other instruments. But that's the character of the pipes. I think yeah. it's really good to keep that in it. So you would have a a setup for your your band stuff, and then if you were doing solo stuff, would you you would change back to the kind kind of yeah. I'm I'm generally just playing a B flat all the time just now. Mm-hmm. I, I just love the, the the sound of it. it. To me, I've got a set of nineteen twenty lorries, and they just sit perfectly in B flat. Yeah. That's where they tune. So it's it, I, I don't see any reason not to be in that. Oh, lucky, lucky you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, tell me about the the actual putting together of the band. Um, you started off as a trio, and did that, that? That's a. I think that's a fairly unusual way of a band coming together. Usually, people have an idea of a band. It's it's attempted to be a band from the start. Um, did you find that a, a kind of advantage to start off as a trio and then build on that? I think so, yeah. Um, I, I really believe that everything happens for a reason. So my kind of reasoning behind that was that we came together as a trio and we, we got quite tight and managed to work just just really on like the nuances of pipes and fiddles, yeah. um, and even with Ron as well uh, to an extent. So that that really carried over to when we decided to take it into a band that we we already naturally knew each other's musical language and musical identity that we could really just hook in with each other quite well yeah. um, but the kind of, the transition happened was we were arranging the music and it was like the whole time we were writing stuff that we really felt just needed drums and bass the whole time it, we, we were trying to replace it with a stomp box and an octave pedal at points but it just wasn't happening for us so we decided to get the guys in and build the band from there and then since then uh, we've got Davey Dunsmuir on electric guitar as well, who's joined the band. So you never know in a couple of years about me. Maybe a new member every year. <laughs> the Scottwood Orchestra. <laughs> um, cool. So just about the the fiddle stuff. When when Mary's playing with you and you, you're speaking about grace notes and stuff like that, I, I, it's I think everyone's got their own different way of approaching it. But do do you work really hard to match the the piping embellishments more closely than you would do? Um, in another sort of setup, um, we did originally. Yeah, we 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 took it down to every Dublin basically, and <laughs> she was it was pretty in depth. Yeah. Um, in terms of grace notes, 
I use them to accent the notes, so she would be just accenting it with her bone yeah. um, to match that. Um, in terms of like the actual doublings, what we would call doublings and what they would call, I, I don't know, something else, but the, we mm. would match them together as well. Um, but recently I've kind of bought the mindset of, I, I, in a band I like to hear two different characters of the player, so I like to have my own character and I like her to have her own character, yeah. but we have wee moments of like, like total unison uh, where that that makes a special moment you know instead of just being tight all the time yes, so it's like yeah. two different characters with a moment of like bonding in the middle uh-huh. and, and that's another good way of thinking about keeping that audience interested in your in your show for so long as well yeah i think so um so you you got your album out last year um not to give you too big a head but it is i think lots of people think the same it's, it's one of the best piper albums that's come out in a long time you know it's made great use of modern technology um it sounds good the arrangements are exciting um tell us about putting that album together um well first of all thank you learn it means a lot <laughs> uh, Fiber. We... <laughs> uh well we started off doing the album we kind of had some of the material for a couple of years and I was really built this album up for ages. I was building it up in my head to be such a big deal um, and was worrying about it quite a lot. Uh, but we decided, first of all, to get um, Callum McCrinham and to produce the album uh, of Brayback fame. Um, and he was absolutely amazing. He was a really key part to where the album went. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a few meetings with him at the start um, and kind of decided where we would go to record it. So we decided to go to Castle Sound Studios yeah. in Edinburgh. It's one of Scotland's finest uh, studios went there. Um, and another thing to note was we wanted to do it live. We wanted to do the whole album live uh, as if, not as if you were at a gig, but as if you were in the room with the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just felt it created a lot of excitement instead of putting it down on top of a click track, which all of us weren't really a fan of at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to make this album like totally live. Yeah, I think that's a a good idea. You know, you think back to some of the classic accompanied pipe albums. You know, your your uh, Gordon Duncan's and Fred Morrison's and even Robert Matheson's. Um, you can just tell by listening to them. It's it's not clicked. It's uh, yeah. it's very much a live thing. And there's just something beautiful about that that it captures. That when you do listen to other stuff, it just doesn't have that magic. It doesn't have that that musical kind of freedom. That um, that doing it just completely live uh, does. What? How did that work out? I, I I don't think the listeners will be familiar with Castle Sound as a space, but it's it's a big space. But I'd still say it would be a challenge to record a band with bagpipes and and drum kit. It was yeah. So there's there's one main live room and then there's some separate booths mm-hmm. either side. In the main room we were in, there was three booths. So I was in one of them. Um, probably it was actually probably I wasn't. Yeah, I was probably in the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Across from me was Mary, so I could see her and see exactly what she was doing, and she could see me. Um, and then we both looked out onto the drums uh, and the bass. So the drums and the bass were in the main room because the bass wasn't the amp for the bass was in a different room, mm-hmm. even though we ended up not using amp. But the that they were recording it, so that was in a different room. So it was really just what was he was hearing in his headphones. So that was basically just the drum room and the live. But and then the booth furthest away was Ron, uh, an acoustic guitar in there. So there was a wee bit of bleed between over over the mics of separate things but it wasn't it wasn't anything to worry about at all it was captured so well in that studio that it, it made it possible to do it like that yeah and the the mixing part of it that's an interesting story as well isn't it yeah um well i've been a fan of this man called tyler duncan 
um, who lives in Ann Arbor in Michigan in America for years. Um, he plays in a band called The Allum. Um, he's pretty much the leading force behind it all and the sound of it. And I was like, that is my album that is my favourite album and I think it always will be. Um, so I just kind of was like, made a bold move. I was like, this is the guy I want to do this <laughs> record. So managed to get some funding from Creative Scotland and I took a flight out last April to Ann Arbor and stayed with him for a week and was in his basement of his house, which is where his awesome studio is. And we mixed the record for a week. Um, and it was one of the most amazing experiences in my whole life. Great. Tell, what made that experience amazing? What sort of things did he do differently that maybe someone, um, a more experienced um, Highland Pipe producer might do differently? Oh, he was, I wanted someone that, that knew what a good sound was of the pipes, um, which he he's an Ellen Piper, so he, he does understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he thinks about the music more. So he's he's thinking, and he he's when we first sat down to to listen to a track, I, I made some rough mixes for him, and then we sat down and played it before he even touched any mixing. So we'd maybe one day we'd take the spice of life. So we sat down, he'd listen to the spice of life the whole way through, um, and take notes uh, as he goes along. But he's just sitting enjoying the music and thinking, how can I make this mix to match the music? Mm-hmm. What is going to help this music here? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was just this kind of special thing that he really understood. The music that 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 was the main thing. The music was the main thing. Obviously, getting a good sound out of it was important as well. But I knew you could do that with putting the music first. Getting that stuff onto the stage, um, got a, a great show full of great music. The stagecraft sort of stuff that the band does is brilliant. Um, I mean, do you choreograph it? <laughs> Not at all. No, no. <laughs> you know, putting on a a full package. You know, I noticed the the lighting that you had at the Celtic Connections gig was fantastic as well. It's a it's a a fully rounded performance. Do you think that that is getting more and more important in these sort of shows? I I really do think it is. Yeah, the the kind of production value of a show is really important, and um, just as much as the music. Um, audiences go to be entertained. You know, you're paying a lot of money for a ticket, so you want to be entertained. Um, first of all, sound is a massive important part of that. We always take our own sound engineer who knows the music and can can mix it to match the music. Um, and then recently, we've started to get a lighting engineer as well who who listens to the music quite in depthly as well, mm-hmm. and it just adds a whole different element to a live performance. I think yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, like I think that's that's something I've learned from the Chili Pipers as well. That kind of that they've always done like a really high production thing mm-hmm. and it's now starting to trickle down into normal folk music as well which is really nice it costs a lot of money to do but it, it, I think it will be good for folk music on a whole Absolutely Well Scott thanks so much for taking a bit of time to speak to me, we struggled to catch you because you're a busy man and I'm not the most organised of people but finally <laughs> we got together um, and congratulations on a great album congratulations on a, a great show at uh, Celtic Connections a few weeks ago um, and I'll be looking forward to hearing more from you we're, we're going to play out with uh, a track from the album this, the one we spoke about there, The Spice of Life uh, just before we play it, tell us a bit about the track in particular uh, well this is a track of basically three of my favourite tunes. It's a, a tune by the the pipe, pipe major in the Strickley Police with me, Don Bradford, called The Spice of Life After a Great Indian Restaurant in Glasgow. Which I now live above, it turns out. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's changed then, names, uh, yeah. Still smells <laughs> as good, though. <laughs> and then uh, the Pitlockery High School Centenary by the one and only, my favourite piper probably ever, Gordon Duncan. Yeah. Um, and then a jig version of the Capricale fiddle player, Charlie McKerran's Real Bulgarian Red. Um, and this jig version was from Chris Armstrong. Great, well, let's share that now. Thanks again, Scott. Thanks.
That was Scott Wood. Now let's turn to a legend of the solo piping scene who sadly passed away recently. John McDougall from Bucksburn in Aberdeenshire. He was known as a respected judge and winner of many of the significant piping competitions of the 1960s to 1980s. We'll hear a track from his World's Greatest Pipers album now. And it's a track featuring a set of strustees and reels.
And that was the late John McDougall from his World's Greatest Pipers album, released in the 90s. And the tunes there were some Strasbourg's and Reels finishing with G.S. McClellan's classic, Mrs. McPherson of Inveran. And now the closing track on this week's show is from Jarlath Henderson, known to most listeners here as the Illin half of the Illin Scottish pipe duo of Jarlath Henderson and Ross Ainsley. He is releasing a new album next month and I think it's fair to say it's quite different from the tracks that we've played before of Jarlath and Ross on Planet Pipe. Jarlath from County Armagh is already emerging as a gifted vocalist to add to the pile of talents which include being an actual doctor. So we'll hear from him now with a multi-layered vocal weave which actually does feature Jarlath's piping skills as well as his vocals. This is The Mountain Streams Where the Moorcocks Crow. If you like the album and you want to hear some more or pre-order it, visit Jarlath's website www.jarlathhenderson.co.uk and you can pre-order it right now. So from me, Laura McDougall, until the next time we meet on the Tartan Rocket to Planet Pipe, here's Jarlath Henderson.
season, dear. I hope we'll meet again down yon Merlin Vale. And when we meet, we'll embrace each other. And I'll pay attention to your lovesick tale. It is Arminorum. Pipe is sponsored by the National Piping Center in Glasgow, existing to promote the study of the music and history of the Highland Bagpipe. Visit their online shop at www.thepipingcenter.co.uk.